Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What up, folks? Welcome in. It is Tuesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween to those who celebrate and partake. And we have a good episode on Tap of Hardwood Handicappers. Zach Cohen in today. Kelly Bidlin off trick-or-treating. Do you, uh, you don't have any children, right? So what's Halloween like for you? Uh, nothing really. I mean, I live in an apartment building too, so I don't even really get trick or treaters. It just doesn't really impact me at all. <laughs> nothing? No, like Halloween parties, no costume, anything? No, I mean, we're not going to any Halloween parties. You know, you know, I've actually, I'm an October 30th birthday, which I didn't mention yesterday. So I've always kind of viewed Halloween as an inconvenience because it's like steals the spotlight for my birthday. So. Hey, you know I'm what? Anti. As somebody who is uh, anti mentioning it's their birthday on the day of their birthday. Good for you, Zach. <laughs> and in honor of that tradition, I refuse to wish you had no happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. The significance of my birthday. The significance of my birthday is that it's the same day as Devin Booker's. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't my my I think I share a birthday with Leonardo DiCaprio, if I remember correctly. So That's pretty cool. I mean, that's the closest I'll get. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the closest yeah. I'll get though. That's that's the coolest thing I'll get. <laughs> uh well, you did not get a, a late birthday treat. It came in just across the deadline of midnight. Um, no deadline, but we did get a big news yesterday, and uh, we'll get to that as part of this podcast because James Harden is now a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, a trade in the late hours of the night. The uh, Clippers decide, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to acquire him. However, I would argue um, that I think this is actually a pretty solid trade for both sides. Uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, you didn't have to give up the key piece, which was Terrence Mann. You gave up uh, a bunch of salary filler, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris, Kenyon Martin Jr., a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, a pick swap, and one additional first-round pick from a third team, which it looks like is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they got back James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philip Petrusev. Um, I don't know if Philip's going to be doing too much with them. But I actually don't hate it for both sides. You know, for the 76ers, Zach, you get a whole bunch of expiring deals that you're going to be able to get rid of or be off the books by next year. They want to have a lot of salary caps, so that makes sense. You get a high-end first-round pick that in five years, who knows what it's going to be. You get a pick swap in 2029, and you get rid of James Harden. I think it's one of those rare deals where you look at both and go, yeah, yeah, like I think that works for both. And I think even um, uh, who was Kevin Pelton, who works over at ESPN, gave both teams a B in his trade grade. So I think it's solid for both sides. What do you think? 100%. I think both teams did really well here. I think that it really started with, you know, the Sixers starting the season pretty well, seeing that Tyrese Maxey is taking that next step, you know, that the, him and Joel Embiid can be one of the best duos in the league with or without Harden. Uh, you know, they bring in a bunch of guys that will be useful, in my opinion, off the bench for them, especially, you know, Batum, who I still think is a really good player. And you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the Clippers' first-round pick in five years or so is a really strong asset. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers are able to make a deal 
by the deadline, you know, something like a Siakam and uh, OG Ananobi, yep. Zach Levine. One of those players is now very much realistic for them. And then at the same time, the Clippers, uh, the fact that they were able to get it done without man, you know, they're bringing in James Harden, who still was really good last year. I know that the narrative around him is that he kind of stinks at this point in his career. I don't know why that's the case, but still a really good player, still probably a top 25 player in this league. And they still have a pretty good amount of depth on their roster. I agree with all of that. And like when I wrote up the write-up today, because the market did kind of react a bit too. Uh, we saw, you know, we'll get to the game itself because the Clippers are playing the Magic tonight. And that number is down to six across the board. And I think part of that is, oh, hey, they just traded some guys. And as I noted in my piece this morning, actually they keep six out of their top eight guys in terms of minutes played so far this season. So it's actually not too big of a change in terms of their roster. And like you said, some of the key pieces, I mentioned they get to keep Terrence Mann. Bones Highland is still around. Uh, Norm Powell is still there. So like their primary backcourt depth and wing depth is still there. So it, it works out for them. And you hit what I think is one of the biggest points. I tweeted out like last night when I was reading it that I liked it. And I said something along the lines of, you know, don't let the perception of Harden the person alter your view of him as a basketball player. And immediately everybody came with the, ah, he's not a good person. It's like, yes, but you're, you're ignoring exactly what I just said, which is he is still a really good basketball player. He led the league in assists. He was one of the primary pieces on a 54-win team last year. He single-handedly won them two playoff games against the Boston Celtics in a series in which Joel Embiid kind of came up short in multiple games. Is he perfect? No. But is he a good third option? Because he is now a third option to pair with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I think absolutely. And I actually think, Zach, one of the underrated parts is the Clippers didn't really have like a small ball five to go to. Now they do. P.J. Tucker could be their small ball center and they can go small if they need to. And think about how good defensively that could be. You could have Terrence Mann, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, P.J. Tucker, and James Harden. And with Harden being obviously the link, the, the weak link, but that's a switchable group that's long, that's lengthy. I, I think that really does help out the Clippers. They went to 12 to 1 to win the NBA Finals, so still floating in that double-digit range. Any betting takeaways? Because I do think there's maybe an award aspect to look at here and maybe something else in the futures market, but are there any betting takeaways here for you? I mean, I do like the Clippers at 12-1. to 1. I think when we talked about this a few days ago, I said that I thought yeah. that they'd be 8 or 9-1. to 1. So I think that there's still some value there. And we were talking yesterday about, you know, the Nuggets having potentially the best starting five in the league. All of a sudden, I do think the Clippers are in that conversation and – I agree with you. I think P.J. Tucker as a small ball five is an option for them that they're going to go to a lot. Uh, it's something that they haven't had in the last couple of years. So I think that that's an underrated aspect of the trade. And yeah, just another thing on Harden is, you know, last year in estimated plus minus, which you can get at dunks, dunksandthrees.com, which is a really good catch all that I like. Uh, he had the best year he's had in four seasons. Uh, it's, you know, it's a guy that just, like you said, there's a narrative about him. People don't seem to like him because he keeps forcing his way out of situations, but still just such a good player. I do think that he makes them a championship contender in a big way. I think that also when you look at last year, the way he played as kind of a pure point guard for Philadelphia in the first half of the season, that's probably the role you're getting him in here. Uh, I think that suits his game really well at this point in his career. Yep, I agree with all those points. So the betting takeaways here. First of which is, I'll throw at you. I was texting with Kelly about this this morning. Was this in our group chat? Or I don't know. Maybe he actually just texted me something on the side because we were asking, he asked me something about work. Um, Russell Westbrook is 45 to 1 to win six man of the year. Now, the question is I, the Athletic sent out a projected starting lineup. They had Westbrook and Harden together. 
in the starting lineup. I don't think that makes much sense. I, I think if you are Ty Lue, you're leaving Terrence Mann, who I don't know, maybe the Athletic forgot had been named a starter to start the season and is, is a much better like piece, right? He's a connector. He's not ball dominant. He could shoot very well, plays well off ball, will take on a good defensive assignment. I don't think you can start Westbrook and Harden together because that's kind of a weak defensive backcourt. So you got to put somebody back there that'll take up one of those assignments or two. So do we now look at Russell Westbrook as sixth man of the year at 45 to one? That's a good call. I mean, yeah, like you said, man really should be the fifth starter, but at the same time, they've made decisions with man in the past that I've disagreed with. So I, I don't know. If they- dude, <laughs> you're, trust me, I'm a Clippers fan and I've watched yeah. so much. And, and I, so we got to talk to um, Tamar Azarli, uh, who works for Clutch Points. He covers the Clippers. He's covered them for a while. So we were at Summer League and I talked to him. And like one of the first questions I asked was like, does Terrence Mann have like some, like some bad pictures of somebody? Like, did he fight somebody in the locker room? Like that you're right. And it, but it just, I feel like Zach, it would not make sense. They made a big deal of naming him the fifth starter. Like they had the press conference. They talked to him, all of this kind of stuff. Then to get Wally pipped because he's been injured this whole time and they trade for Harden and go, yeah, sorry, buddy. You're not even going to start a game. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I just, I guess there's also a part of me that's like, maybe they offered, you know, Westbrook a guaranteed starting job to bring him back on that small contract in the off season. I don't know. But yet, at the same time, like I agree that Westbrook at 45 to one to win six man of the year now looks like a really good play. I think he's completely bought in and happy there. He's been playing really good basketball there, especially, you know, since he's the last second half of last season, just been great. Um, and I do think that he's playing with a bench unit that kind of fits his style as well. There's some scorers there that can run with him. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like to play at 45 to one. I would just I'd be a little bit nervous about bad potentially coming off the bench. Yeah, that, I think that one. And the other thing that could get you too is um, obvious, the obvious, which is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the rest, the missed time, whatever it is. Westbrook, e- even if he does go to the bench, is forced into a starting role because those guys start to sit and then he's got to play more games, whatever. I think that's the obvious one, but it does make a lot of sense to at least look at him at 45 to one here at this point. So that's one of the defend the, the takeaways uh, Russell Westbrook about 45 to one to win six man of the year. The other, you mentioned a name that I do think is interesting and I think worth bringing up when it comes to the aspect of the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, because now that you are acquiring some assets and you are looking around and if you're James Hart or if you're, if you're Joel Embiid, you're probably okay with what transpired because Harden's not there anymore. And you believe in Tyrese Maxey. And while I think this is still going to be a very good team, I feel like you're still missing something, right? And you have Tyrese Maxey in the backcourt, so I think you feel comfortable there. I don't know if Zach Levine would be the spot because I don't think you need another ball-dominant guy, right? You've got Joel Embiid. You've got Tyrese Maxey. But you mentioned a name, and it's their opponent that they play, I think, tomorrow. Toronto has started the season 1-3. and three. Their offense stinks. And I, I actually just this morning rewatched the game against them in Portland. God, that was one of the worst basketball games I've ever watched in my life. Um, but – why not go get Pascal Siakam? Because he is he is playing good defense at this point right now. He's a good guy off ball. He works. I think he fits perfectly, right? Like, P.J. Tucker's not there anymore. You can slot him in there, and he fits with Tobias Harris. I, I, I think Pascal Siakam makes a ton of sense. So the betting takeaway would be, as we talked about here with Toronto, you can either go in and look at Philly at 18-1 to to win the NBA Finals, assuming that they're going to go get somebody now with their new assets, or to make the playoffs and everything like that, Toronto right now, the yes to make the playoffs is two to one. The no is minus two fifty five. It's a big price, but I, I think this does accelerate the buyout process here, and that him and OG and Anobi could be gone. 
Yeah, and I saw Chris Mannix uh, tweeted something like, you know, the names to watch are Zach Levine and OG Ananobi. And I was just thinking to myself, those are not memes that move me. And I do think that Maury is going to use this as an opportunity to swing big. So I do think Siakam is very likely going to be the target at the deadline. I know it hasn't really been talked about yet, but like you said, I think that he's the best fit for them. I think he's the only one that, you know, gives them an all-star level third player that fits into that lineup. And yeah, I mean, if they do get him at plus 1800, you'd be loving that ticket. Cause I do think they have the pieces around that three that they can win, potentially win a title. Yep. And by the way, I mean, look again, it's very early. Boston looks solid, but they haven't really played anybody. Um, I was watching very closely Milwaukee last night. Again, like, dude, I don't know how much you watched that game, doing everything they possibly could to blow that game up by about 24 going into the fourth quarter. Absolutely blew it. Needed to hang on just to cover the opening number of about five, five and a half. It was a nightmare watching that. And you're kind of looking at Milwaukee like, okay, like, again, you're working at the kinks. It's fine, but your defense isn't really looking great. And by the way, Jimmy Butler didn't play in the fourth quarter of that game. Bam Adebayo sat. Like, it's... It's been a less than stellar start for Milwaukee. So I think if you're Philly, you're kind of looking around and going, all right, maybe these guys can get got and, and let's go get somebody that can help us out. And Pascal Siakam could be that. So it, it's fascinating in terms of that dynamic. So we'll turn the page, but big trade, of course, unless you had anything else, James Harden to the uh, Los I mean, Angeles Clippers. The only thing I'll say is you could take it for what it's worth. It's only been three, four games, but you know, the Clippers are first in the league in net rating. The Sixers are third. Both of these teams are really happy with what they've seen so far. So you know, bringing in, you know, in one case, a superstar and in one case, a few bench pieces, you're making your teams better. So I do think the Sixers are a team that almost maybe a sleeping giant at this point. Yep. I, as somebody who has kind of tried to, to get in on Philly a couple of times, you know, last year I bought low and got something out of, I had a, uh, what were they, when there was a stretch last season where Embiid, Tyrese Maxey and Harden all got hurt around the same time. And they, they floated out to like 24 to one win the NBA final. So I snagged them there. Uh, two years ago when they had Al Horford, I bet them at like, you know, 14 to one to win the NBA finals. Like I've been a Philly fan. Like I've been there. They just haven't put it together. Um, but you're right. Like this could be the year where finally, if you're looking around and going, ah, maybe this is it. And we should even mention too a team that's going to play tonight uh, that I had high hopes for. Kelly did. I, I can't remember if you did or not, but Cleveland, you know, injuries have gotten their season off to a pretty poor start. So at, at this point, four games in the Eastern conference looks pretty wide open with that. Let's turn our attention to today. Before we do, I will say, was yesterday, did you feel yesterday was such a quintessential NBA day? Like, I've got, I've got a total that closed seven points lower that I bet under. The, the freaking Timberwolves shoot 70%. What did I even say? I said, play this yeah. back when it's like 150 to like 152. And the Timberwolves, Zach, I watched that game. The first seven possessions, all, they made all of their shots, both Minnesota and Atlanta. And I'm talking like nothing but net. Like the, some of them, the, the net didn't even move. And I knew immediately, I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. Like they're going to yeah. hit everything. And they did. <laughs> that game went over. Uh, only though by, of course, the number I got only went over by about, I think, six points. So, you know, of course, just the, the hot shooting first half. We have, uh, I had the Pelicans minus two and a half. Then three minutes before the game. Oh, oh wait, right yeah. away, Brandon Ingram's not going to play. And then the Bucs almost blew a fourth quarter. Yesterday was just it was it was just chef's kiss NBA day yesterday. Yeah, it felt like one of those days where every single thing we said on the podcast, the opposite happened. I know we all kind of riffed the Blazers, and then they came out and won that yep. game. Uh, you know, Kyrie. Seg- yeah, <laughs> Kyrie didn't play. Uh, we spoke about Trey Young being and Trey Young and Murray not working together, yep. and then they both played really well together in a win. 
Um, and then I had a similar thing with you where I was watching that Hornets Nets game and the Nets just started off blistering hot and, you know, never looked back from there. You know, the Hornets played them well from the second to fourth quarter, whatever that means, but they jumped themselves too deep, you know, too deep of a hole. So it was a weird NBA day. I was lucky to escape at two and two, but yeah, I felt like I was wrong in all of my uh, reasoning. So Yeah, it, it was brutal. And uh, I, I will say this, uh, we'll take a break after this and we'll get to the card tonight. I just, there's got to be something better, right? Like Brandon Ingram, because you can check the official injury reports every hour on the 30-minute mark. He's not on a single injury report until 4.30. That's that's 40 minutes before the start of their game. And I get it. Maybe things pop up. But, like, that happens all the time. There's got to be something better that you can do here. It's really frustrating. And then, I don't, I don't know, like, it still felt weird with LeBron playing after we all thought he wasn't going to play. It's just there's something yep. about this where we're doing too much guessing work. Yep. Oh yeah. It's, it leads you to think and just be like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Do I want to bet this or not? Or I just sit back and wait, or, you know, we've had these conversations all the time. Do you sacrifice, you know, two points, maybe three, knowing if a guy's going to play, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you sit back and go, Hey, you know what? No. Uh, but actually what did the, what did the number end up closing yesterday for the Lakers in the magic? Do you know off the top of your head? I think I saw it at three towards the end of it. Um, right so it landed right on three so even if you if you sacrifice it right you go out there if you laid one and a half because it got pretty low then you got there Uh, but if you if you're sitting there and going all right I'm just gonna wait and if LeBron's gonna play then I'm gonna lay it and then of course you're sitting on a push so yeah it's tough all right let's take a break we got three games on the card today let's talk about all of those and um, it is a day that has kind of been marred with injury absences and trades so we'll do our best to sift through all the nonsense there are some things that are too good to keep a secret Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, Zach, we got three games up on the board. I know you've got action, I think, in all three of them. I've got a, a player prop in one of them. So let's start at the top. New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers. Right now, DraftKings has two and a half shaded to the favorite side at minus about 112 uh, or something like that, I think. Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Yep. Uh, 213 and a half is the total. We've seen this total drop quite a bit. Open 215 and a half, 216 on the overnight. The story here, and by the way, DraftKings actually opened up Cleveland minus one. The reason behind the flip is that we know that Darius Garland is not going to play. Jarrett Allen is still injured. Donovan Mitchell is now questionable to play for them. So a lot of injuries and absences for the Cleveland Cavaliers. What'd you do here? Because I know you bet this thing. 
I went Knicks minus two and a half. Uh, I think I'd go the three and a half there. Like you said, Mitchell is questionable. So, you know, you take New York, maybe, maybe he doesn't play. It moves to, you know, five or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I think even if he does play, I really like the Knicks to win this game. I think, you know, since the start of last season, the Knicks are 30 and 18 against the spread on the road. Uh, you know, just a team that has not been flat, you know, they're unflappable on the road. And then they, you know, they beat the Cavaliers in five games in the playoffs, um, completely dominated them on the offensive glass. Now you're losing another big body in there with Jared Allen. So I do think that that's going to be a factor here. I think New York will be a little bit overwhelming on the boards in this game. And I think that, you know, from what we've seen this season, the Cavs have dipped a little bit defensively, which, you know, part of that is not having Allen. But I do think that New York right now is a little bit of a better defensive team. And this is a matchup offensively where I would expect a good game out of uh, Jalen Brunson. I just don't think the Cavaliers guard the point of attack well. So I think this is a game where the Knicks get back on track. I only really think that they lost to the Pelicans because it was a pretty bad situational spot playing the second night of a back-to-back. Yep, and we should know too. I mean, one of the things that really does um, kill the Cleveland Cavaliers, if this is going to be the case, if you look at it, if Donovan Mitchell doesn't play, your potential starting backcourt is Karis LeVert and what? You bump up Max, you put Max Struess at the two, and then you start Isaac Okoro at the three. Like, there's not much shot creation for this team. And that's your starting five. And one of the things that might hit kill him, too, he's only played in two games and played seven minutes. Like, Ty Jerome's hurt, too. So you can't even yep. call in Ty Jerome as, like, an emergency guard to come in and play some big minutes for you. So, like, your backcourt in terms of shot creation, uh, I mean, do we try to find some Emily Bates, uh, <laughs> right? Emily <laughs> Bates uh, numbers out there and try to bet him over. Like, that's what you're kind of shooting for because their depth chart, it's, it's tough at this point right now if Donovan Mitchell can't play. Yeah, I mean, and then you're talking about a team that has a defensive identity, lo- yep. missing one of the best rim protectors in the league, and then you're talking about, you know, trying to make up for it offensively with a group of guys that can't be relied on to make their own shots. So I do think this number just looks a little bit off to me. I'm not even, you know, the biggest Knicks uh, supporter in the world, but I do think this game should go their way. All right, next up on the rotation, San Antonio Spurs at the Phoenix Suns. Opener here was eight in favor of Phoenix over at DraftKings with a total of 232. Uh, As I was writing this morning, was watching the screen light up. Uh, They were coming in hard on the under. Uh, DraftKings was the highest open on the board at 232. We're down to 225, some 224.5. The spread down from eight to six and a half. From an injury standpoint, uh, nothing really to note other than what we already know. Bradley Beal's not going to play. Devin Booker is doubtful. Uh, Frank Vogel had a quote that... uh, not looking good, but they're close, was the quote. So I would assume that means that Devin yeah. Booker is not going to play in this game for the Phoenix Suns. So again, uh, Kevin Durant, can he do it again? Can he take on the scoring load like he did against, uh, was it the Lakers the other night where he was drilling three-point shots left and right and dropped 31 yeah. points? Um, that's kind of the question. I think that's why you saw this drop so much. So I'll let you go first because I do have a player prop here that I want to get your thoughts on. But Spurs catching six and a half with a total of 225. I actually went with Durant to go over five and a half assists, which is plus 110 right now. Uh, He had seven against the Jazz. I think he's now facing like a similarly disjointed defense. The Spurs are at 27th in the league in defensive rating right now. I just think that, you know, the Suns are going to put the ball in his hands a lot. He's an underrated passer, and I do think this is the type of matchup where he'll have a lot of open shooters or open cutters, one of the two. He's uh, actually up at fourth in the league in usage rate right now. So I do think, you know, just in terms of having the ball in his hands, I'm not worried about it. So I thought that was a pretty generous number given what we saw last game. Uh, And I will say that from what I've seen, you know, I I am in Arizona. I've seen – I follow a lot of beat writers and things like that. I'd say Booker's really close (laughs) – 
Beal is a little bit concerning at this point. I've seen videos of him shooting around visibly in pain. And there's just, you know, a level of secrecy within the Suns organization when it comes to injuries that I don't know how long Beal's going to be out for. It's a little concerning. Sure. I mean, look at these. So I, I mentioned this to Kelly. I think maybe you were on the, the from the Monday before. I don't know if we mentioned it or not. But, um, you know, when Frank Vogel on the Sunday before the season goes, yep, everybody's good to go. And then yeah. all of a sudden, oh, no, 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 actually, uh, Beal's not playing. He's actually doubtful. And by the way, he's missed the first three games and he's not even, he's being listed out like the day before. So that's not, yeah. they knew. So to your point, like they knew they're playing the game and now all of a sudden you got this and, and maybe Devin Booker, like you said, it sounds like from everything I've read too, it looks like he's close and they're maybe just taking it a little bit slow, but Beal is somewhat concerning. I would agree with that. So I want to get your thoughts on what I'm playing here. So I was looking over some of the defensive numbers for, Phoenix and on the surface looks really good, right? Defensive rating 100.7 per 100 possessions. And they've you know played quite a few games under the total so far. So it looks like they've been playing pretty good team defense. But if you dive a little bit deeper, one of the things are really benefiting from is opponent shooting from beyond the arc has been abysmal. Opponents are shooting 31% on wide open threes against them. They've taken on some bad shooting opponents as well. So I think their defensive numbers maybe aren't as good as right what we have seen now through three games. And then you look at how the front court kind of spells out, and you're like, all right, well, you got Kevin Durant, who's got all of this scoring load on him. You got Yusuf Nurkic out there, who's not really going to be a great uh, defender along the perimeter against some guys who can maybe uh, in the front court take it off the bounce. I played Wembanyama over his point prop. The first three games, it was 17 and a half. Now you're as low as like 16 and a half, but shaded to the underside. So you're getting a minus 105, maybe even money for looking around on over 16 and a half. I think the game's going to be quicker than we expect as well. Both of these teams have actually been playing pretty quick so far, top 10 in terms of pace for both of them. And as I mentioned, if you're not going to be as good defensively as I think you are, then I think there is some value maybe coming in and looking at Wembanyama, where the player prop has been the lowest for him thus far this season in some matchups that I think could work. You're either taking on Kevin Durant, who's going to be saving himself for offense because he's their only yeah. primary creator, or you're taking on Nurkic, who, and if that's the case, you're getting him along the perimeter and having your favorable physical mismatch there, I think could work for him. So I decided to buy low, go over on Wembenyama points. I like that a lot, especially if he gets the Nurkic assignment. Nurkic has not looked great defensively so far. So I think that's a really smart play. Although I will say this about Wembenyama, this is not related to the, the prop tonight. He could easily go over it. I have been, I don't want to say disappointed with the way he's been playing, but I don't think he's looked very good. And just kind of a long-term thing I'll throw out there is that I still think that there's value on Brandon Miller at plus 1,200 to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Uh, just the way he's looked for Charlotte thus far, um, scoring off the bench, I do think he'll eventually move into the starting lineup because, honestly, Gordon Hayward looks like a shell of himself at this point. But I think that there's some value in Miller. The only thing that makes me a little bit concerned is that, you know, the story is still that Wembenyama is running yep. away with it, even when he's not playing that well because – of, you know, the hype and the highlights. It's going to be really hard for someone to beat him. But I just think the number's off on Miller. It was when it was at plus 4,200, and I still think it is at plus 1,200. No, I mean, I, I think I would agree with that. It, like you said, it's going to be hard to overcome what the story is at this point. But I, I, when I look at the rookie of the year market, I think you're mispriced in two areas. One, I don't think Wembenyama should be minus 125 to win it, right? Yeah. An odds on favorite at this point. I don't think that's the case. You want to make him the favorite, that's fine. Uh, but to say that he's got over a 50% chance to win this award three games in is, is incorrect. The other is, like I like I said, I watched Portland for the first time, and I've gone over Scoot Henderson's numbers. He's not plus 650 to win this award yeah. at this point right now. Like, he's, he's a rookie. He's a 19-year-old point guard. That's a really, really tough hill to climb in the NBA. And so when you're looking around, 
Chet Holmgren makes some sense, but Brandon Miller still at double digits makes some sense. And then really, like at this point, there's not been a lot of other rookies that have really stuck out uh, so far in this league. So I think that you you hit it on the head with that really long price. And I would still say at double digits, at some point soon, he's going to be second or third choice to win this award, Brandon Miller. Yeah, yeah. The shot creation has been awesome. Uh, and they're a team that needs him too. I mean, especially if you do end up getting Bridges suspended for more time, you know, he'll have a, continue to have this role in the offense. So I think that that's the number that, yeah, I'm still betting that number. Yep. Uh, by the way, my uh, Cam Whitmore 101 ticket looking great as he has gotten into one game exactly and he played 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes. So. Uh, these damn uh, damn Rockets, whatever they stink. Uh, all right, so for me, uh, Victor Wembanyama over 16.5 points, minus 105 for you. Kevin Durant over assists, correct, for San Antonio yep. Phoenix? Over 5.5 assists, uh, plus 110. Uh, all right, this one we might be head-to-head on if I get the number I'm looking for. Uh, my buy price here would be uh, Clippers minus 5.5 or better. I don't know if we're going to get down to that point. Um, but magic coming in on the second leg of back to back, obviously that doesn't really matter that much. You're in LA. So, you know, you're just going back yeah. to the hotel and then coming back. So you're not really going to be affected in that regard. My, my whole thing is just, I think Zach, that the market is reacting to this trade. As I mentioned, when we mentioned what we were talking about with Harden and when you still have six of your top eight guys in terms of minutes played, I don't know if you're really adjusting that much shipping off some of the, like Marcus Morris. Like he hasn't played yet this season. Yeah. Nick Batum has gotten in two games. He had one game in which he played, I think, about 25, 30 minutes. Other than that, hasn't really played that much in the other two games. Kenyon Martin has barely played for them at all. So your rotation is still pretty intact. The one thing you got to make up for is Covington has played and started in all three games and averaged over 20 minutes. So that's really what you're replacing. But I think the market might be reacting a little too strongly to the trade. Again, if we're getting down to like five and a half or better, when some spots open up eight, then I think that's going to be my buy price. But right now I'm sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, I mentioned in my writing that the Clippers are missing some rotation pieces, but I do think that what this comes down to, to me, is that I think seven and a half is a lot, given what I think of the Magic. I think that Orlando is, you know, right now, first in the league in defensive rating, um, looking better offensively than they did last year. It's still not perfect, but you just said it, you know, they're, they're a young team playing on the road two nights in a row, but, you know, they stayed in the same city. I don't think that the back-to-back thing is going to matter that much with the youth on this team. And I just think that the starting five, uh, Fultz, Suggs, uh, Wagner, Bancaro, and Carter Jr. is not as good as any in the league, but I do think it's a top 10 starting lineup in the league. Uh, They have a plus 14.1 net rating this year. I think that that team getting seven and a half is a little bit too much. So I took it at seven and a half. I said to play it down to six and a half, but I would probably draw a line at five and a half, six. Yep. It makes some sense. By the way, I was looking over some stuff um, and looking at like the, the rookies while we were kind of talking about this. So Miller right now leads all rookies in scoring by a, a wide margin, 17.3 points. Um, I shouldn't say by a wide margin. Wembenyama's at 15 and Hongard's at 15 as well. Wembenyama's at 15.7. Uh, Sasha Vesnikov is fourth. Huh? I think yep. you mentioned yeah. him, right? You're, you're, you're pretty high on him. So like you said, like there's a, uh, I think there's some, there's a long season obviously left, but there's some spots where you think you can come in and maybe uh, take a look at some of these longer shots to win this award. Yeah. And then another one, if you just want to throw it out there is Asar Thompson, who I think has been Dude, phenomenal defensively. Awesome. Like he looks like he's going to be you know, an elite cream of the crop defender in this league. So I think he's been great. He's been. So I, when I went back and rewatched the, um, the Pistons and Hornets game, that was one of the things that really stuck out. Like the ball handling is kind of loose. He turns the ball over. It gets a little wild on offense. 
But defensively, dude, he can switch on to anybody. He's comfortable. He's a good help defender. He'll come over and block some shots. Solid rebounder. Super springy, too. So, like, yeah. some of those rebounds, he can go up and leap and contest, at least with some big guys. I do wonder if, like, voters will actually look at the nuance of his game and just be like, yeah, he's averaging only 10 points. I can't do that. Yeah. So, But he, I mean, I think, uh, what's, a, what's an option here? We still have all rookie odds that are still up there, right? Yeah. I, he had Shade Hill just Alexander in jail the other night. So, I, I, yep. he's just so good defensively. And, you know, he's putting up numbers, like, in a chaotic way. Like, I, so... I wonder if there's a if he gets to ten points per game and he has you know eight to nine rebounds because he's averaging ten point five rebounds right now, which is ridiculous for a player his size. But yeah, I think if you get to ten points per game and you have all these other counting stats, there's a shot. I mean, it's not crazy, but especially for all rookie first team. Man, him and Sasha are both forty to one at this point right now. Given the fact that I think those are at the very least in the early part of the season, two top four rookies. Yeah, at forty to one. Oh boy, yeah, and I might have to go <laughs> digging around for some of these odds. This is uh, this is setting up to be kind of a thin rookie class, like a lot of developmental guys, which I mean, actually opens up the door for some value on some of the guys that are actually hitting the road. Uh, all right, so anything else before we get out of here? Short, uh, short, sweet, and to the point. Not much to go over outside of the trade and some rookie stuff, huh? Yeah, not much. I mean, it was an exciting trade, so it's always good to talk about that. Favorite candy before we get out of here? Ooh, I'd probably say Snickers. Yeah, it's a good one. I think if you're telling me to rank them, Snickers is probably two. I'm a big peanut butter guy, so Reese's peanut butter cups, okay. especially the themed ones, Reese's peanut butter eggs or the pumpkins are always going to be very good. And uh, I am very, very, this might come as a surprise given my movie takes, um, I'm very pro candy corn. Okay. I like candy very corn, but it's like the type of thing you can't, I feel like you can't have too much of it or you just start nah, to taste but like, like wax or something. All these, <laughs> all these clowns that are talking bad about candy corn, get out of here. They probably like peeps. Peeps are... <laughs> I was about to curse and have Steven do some work. Uh, <laughs> disgusting. Uh, all right. Betting on X up on Twitter. Make sure you check out the pieces as well. But vcin.com, they're always up there. And you can check. What's your, do you have a URL? It's like vcin.com slash Zach Cohen or something like that. Oh, I should definitely know what it is, but it is something like that. <laughs> See, that's the good thing about going by initials is I yeah. can just go, oh yeah, vcin.com slash ABT. Yeah. It's super simple and easy to get to. Uh, let's see. I've got you at vcin.com. Oh, that's not good. Well, we got to fix that. I was just about to backslash yeah. news. But yeah. <laughs> backslash Zachary dash Cohen dash columns. So yeah, we got to talk to Bill one. about that. Yeah, <laughs> we got to talk to Bill. Uh, all right. So, well, make sure you check out Zach's work on the website. Anytime you click on an article on the left-hand side, you get a list of all the columnists, which I was surprised by. I didn't realize we had that. So you could just click on Zach's name, check out all the work there. And he'll be here throughout, of course, the week on Hardwood Handicappers. Like, rate, review, subscribe. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 